story. Hello, and welcome to another special edition of Third Degree Burn. Uh, I am David, and I'm joined by John. Say hello, John. Hey there, everyone. And I'm joined by Kirk. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, and I am also joined by my screaming goat. (laughs) (laughs) Mine too. (laughs) Uh, They're best friends. They are. They're born on the same day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we are, of course, continuing the massive podcast crossover event uh, covering all things, all things acts of vengeance. And uh, if you haven't listened to our previous episode, you should, because um, that is the lead into the issue that we're talking about today. Um, there were two Wolverine issues in uh, that had the Acts of Vengeance tag or the upper right corner uh, uh, branding, letting you know that it was part of the Acts of Vengeance uh, event. And so if you haven't listened to num- uh, Wolverine number 19, pause this one, go back, listen to that one, and then come back here and listen to number 20. Uh, but we're just going to go right into this. Uh, so Wolverine number 20 was published in January of 1990. Uh, Editor-in-Chief was Tom DeFalco. Uh, the cover artist on this one is John Byrne. Uh, the writer is Archie Goodwin. The uh, p- penciler, and I got to, if you didn't hear this last time. So depending on what <laughs> Internet sources you're looking at, some sources say that John Byrne was the penciler for both of these issues. Although, as Burn aficionados, we don't think that's the case. Uh, when you look in the uh, uh, Marvel Universe by John Byrne omnibus, he's listed as the breakdown artist for number 20, and he was mm-hmm. listed as the layout artist for number 19. Uh, Klaus Jansen is actually listed as the finishing artist in, in uh, both of them, and he's also the inker. So, take it for what you will. I trust the the printed book, um, and I did double-check this uh, on Marvel Unlimited, and it says the same thing. So between the Omnibus and Marvel Unlimited, I'm going to say if there was a mistake, we should see some disconnect there, but they're both in sync. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at Mike's Amazing World, and he has Byrne listed as Penciler and Klaus as Inker, and I'm sure it's just because that's his that's just Standard his form, format. you know, that's his template. He can't have one for breakdown finishers and stuff like right. that. So probably just slots it in that way. But, uh, yeah. Uh, colorist. The printed version. Yeah. Colorist is Mike Rockwitz. Letterer is Jim Novak. Uh, and we'll continue on. This one is called uh, Miracles. And it goes a little something like this. Out in the open ocean, the fight between Tiger Shark and Wolverine continues, becoming incredibly brutal as Tiger Shark wishes nothing more than to see the clawed hero die. Finally, Tiger Shark delivers what he believes to be the killing blow, forcing Wolverine's claws into a coral shelf. Stuck, the end looks all too near for Wolverine as Tiger Shark takes off to take care of his original enemy, La Bandera. Back at the Tierra Verde Medical Center, La Bandera continues to lead her army of revolutionaries to free the political prisoners being experimented on. When she reaches the room in which they were held, she finds nothing but Geist, who reveals that not only did he intentionally leak the information to draw her out, 
but has also moved the prisoners somewhere else. Suddenly, Tiger Shark appears behind her, having already killed most of her followers, causing her to lose power. After a brief fight, La Bandera takes off deeper into the facility, Tiger Shark not far behind. Elsewhere, Karadad prepares to leave via helicopter with his ex-wife, Sister Salvation, and Roughhouse. But before leaving, Sister Salvation has finally decided to try her powers on Roughhouse under one condition. She is allowed to see her son, who she's not seen since Karadad and her split years ago. However, when she tries to heal Rough, uh, Roughhouse's sores, nothing happens, much to the dismay of Karadad. Meanwhile, Tiger Shark is still hunting his prey, La Bandera, and when he moves in for the kill, he comes face to face with Wolverine. As Wolverine delivers some serious blows to Tiger Shark, we find out that the impact from Wolverine hitting the coral shelf happened to have loosened it to the point where after a large amount of twisting, thrashing, and kicking, finally caused it to break apart, setting Wolverine free. Wolverine then delivers the final blow and sends a severely beaten tiger shark into the depths of the medical center. Taking La Bandera by the hand, Wolverine leads her deeper, in, <clears throat> excuse me, deeper into the facility until they finally come across Karadot, Roughhouse, and Sister Salvation. Wolverine knocks Karadad out of the way and frees Roughhouse, who surprisingly sedated by Sister Salvation's touch. The group then make for the roof where they encounter Geist and some guards holding the political prisoners at gunpoint. Having the better hand, i.e. holding Karadad, hostage, Wolverine and company are allowed to make for the helicopter, but not before some of the political prisoners decide to take action in their own hands and attack the guards. In the fury upon the landing pad, Wolverine throws Roughhouse, La Bandera, and Sister Salvation into the helicopter before getting on it himself and taking off. Unfortunately, over the ocean, the helicopter encounters some serious mechanical issues and begins to slowly descend towards the water. Before reaching the waves below, Tiger Shark, now stronger than ever, having been revitalized by the water, jumps from the ocean below and grabs a hold of Wolverine. But before the villain can take down the helicopter, some sharks below grab a hold of their human counterpart and drag him below the surface. Safe. Wolverine looks up to see that Sister Salvation has now cured Roughhouse of his physical mutations in reaction to the cocaine. The end. Yeah. Good summary. Excellent summary. That is from the Marvel Kia. Hey. What did you guys think of the cover? I love it. I, I think too. it's well composed. They're nice. Your eye is drawn to... Uh, at first, you're you're focused on uh, Bandera and uh, Tiger Shark, but then you realize there's something in the foreground that you should see that they're looking at. I, I just like the composition; it's really good. I do too, and I, I mentioned in the previous one that this was when I was reading Wolverine and picking it up off the shelves. I have fond memory of this cover. I I liked it then. I still like it now. Um, it's a mixture for me of. Tiger Shark's face, he looks so menacing, but at the same time, there's almost this quality of, like, how are you back? <laughs> you know, like, I thought I killed you. Mm -hmm. And La Bandera, while not the most interesting character, 
you know, looks like she's in trouble because Tiger Shark has a hold of her costume and looks like he's about ready to punch her to the moon. And then you've got this, as Kirk said, the large wolverine arm with claws extended and dripping with water. It just, it, it really works. I agree with you guys. I mean, and this is almost like you've seen those those drawings where you stare at it for a long time and all of a sudden something else pops out and you're like, oh, okay, now I know what I'm seeing. Uh, this is kind of like that to me when I first glanced at it. You're focused on, like Kirk said, Bandera, La Bandera and uh, Tiger Shark. And then all of a sudden this arm and claw kind of come into focus and you're like, oh, you know that what that means. There are troubles in this. Uh, looking, thankfully, I have, you know, the John Byrne Universe Omnibus. Thanks, David. And uh, <laughs> it has the entire story here. And I look back at all of the covers, and all of the covers for this particular group of issues are actually really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last, you know, issue 18 with Rough House was great. And you've got, you know, issue 16. It's just Wolverine on the cover. I mean, all of these um, are really, I, I think he did a really good job on all of these covers. And um, this is really a, a, like a great cover. Yeah, I love it. And it's really good. And then we, then we uh, flip over onto a really great splash page <laughs> of a battle. You can feel, feel the, uh, the tension in there. Uh, well, not attention, but you just know that man, stuff's going down and um, the vertigo. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, really. Uh, the battle scene here is really good. Uh, I really like this battle scene, and um, I, the the artwork is crisper in this issue, so I, I'm I'm enjoying it a heck of a lot more this time around. It's a big uh, change from 19. Yeah, and I'm not sure what it was. I mean, it's still the same. Um, uh, the same, still the same anchor, uh, unless breaking down is breakdowns are a little bit different uh, than how did they say it last issue? Finishing artist. Um, let's see, where is it? Um, oh, burn. Last issue it was just layouts. This time it's breakdown. So is there a different David? Are you familiar is, or Kirk? What the difference is between layouts and breakdowns or layouts? Less finished than breakdowns, maybe. That's what I'm thinking, um, but I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure. Um, I, I don't know how the artists or how the creators define these terms. So I would have assumed that it was essentially the same split in terms of uh, responsibilities. Yet we can see that there is a difference. So I don't know. Yeah. We could find out from the Google machine. <laughs> yeah. Well, as we keep going, um, still the under the complete underwater battle uh, is what one, two, three, four, five pages long, and man, it's it's a really good good battle. What do you think of the way that Tiger Shark took Wolverine out, basically temporarily? <laughs> I like it. I Although, too. I didn't see it coming. It's a it's a smart way to uh, disable right Wolverine. Because he is dependent on his claws. And I thought it was pretty smart on Tiger Shark's part to be like, okay, you want to use those claws? I'm going to drive you right into the ground with them. Try and get out of that. <laughs> I thought so, too. It was a, 
really clever way, and then he's just like, okay, now I'm going to leave you to drown. <laughs> it is kind of a boss move, right? Like, eh, you're dead. I'm leaving. I got other stuff to yeah, do. And, and that's how the series ends. So right. now as we wrap up. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, this was Wolverine's last issue. Um, he was never seen again. Uh, <laughs> Tiger Shark finished him off. It reminds me of those old Batmans, like, <laughs> I'm going to tie you up over the vats with the dripping acid on the rope until you perish, and then they, they run off, you know? <laughs> what deviltry are you up to now, Joker? Oh, a simple exercise, Batman, in which the two of you will be processed into pre-shaped blanks, then fiberglass laminated with coats of rosin, given a high-gloss polish, and finally a paraffin rubdown on your top decks. <laughs> Come on, Dean, to Gotham Point and the World Surfing Championships, where Riptide and Wipeout do their work. <laughs> Holy human surfboards. Yeah, it is It is very comic book in in that, why doesn't he just wait around for two minutes? I mean, how long can Wolverine <laughs> hold his breath, right? I mean... <laughs> A couple minutes. I mean, is that really going to make the difference? <laughs> yeah, um, it's great. And then, of course, um, we commented on this last episode uh, about Tiger Shark being able to speak underwater, and um, and you mentioned it, but there it is, right there. Uh, eerie hearing someone talk where it shouldn't be possible. Worse, hearing what he has to say. Um, yeah, I'm not sure how he's able to make that happen. Uh, that's kind of an interesting superpower, I guess, of the of, the, of Tiger Shark, right? I can talk yep. underwater. Yep. Kind of like Aquaman talking to fish. Well, it had <laughs> to happen when he was created in about Submariner number five. Uh, he was experimented on by Doctor Dorcas or somebody and converted from human into this shark, and as a result, he and Neymar are talking underwater constantly through their con- their fight, and so. You know, you have to. Yeah. It you have to give it to him. Well, Kirk, you're, you're 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 a big Namor fan, so I I'm not that familiar with Tiger Shark that much. Mm-hmm. But he mm-hmm. but he references several times about like he was paralyzed or something because of heroes, and that's why he hates them. Mm, well, to repair his injury, um, Dorcas, Doctor Dorcas, I think that's his name. I'm not making this up seriously experimented on him and you know he went from being the tragic uh, brother of whoever Namor's love interest at the time was Diane Arliss I think it was Ted Arliss was then converted into Tiger Shark and was you know not ex- unexpectedly turned vicious an assassin mm. a killer um, had so much power that he doesn't need Dorcas uh, he lashes out on his own so it's sort of like like Frankenstein. That's that's all you really need to know. I I do want to call out because we in the previous episode talked so much about kind of our issues with the artwork. Um, I love the panel on the second page where Wolverine finally gets to the surface and gets a breath of air. I mean, you can almost feel kind of feel that relief of like, mm-hmm. you know, like he's finally getting a breath of air because he's been battling him, you know, for you know we don't give like you know it's not like a twenty four style countdown timer, but just the look on Wolverine's face and his mouth being completely 
agape, you know, uh, you get that feeling of like uh, he was right on edge. Yeah, I'm not sure that I'd say I'll yell air. Yeah, uh, I, <laughs> I said I'd gasp. Um, Give these okay. people air. You're right. That is an excellent panel. Um, probably one of the best out of the the two issues. I mean, it really is a good panel. Yeah. Didn't mean it didn't mean to derail you there, John. You didn't. No, no, that's great. It's good to pull this stuff up. Um, yeah, he doesn't get relief for very long though, does he? <laughs> no, <laughs> he's back underneath. Now he's stuck under there, and uh, and then we're uh, fading fading away from from his little storyline there until we get to the hospital where La Bandera shows up uh, to fight the folks um, in the medical center. She thinks she's going to re, um, release these uh, the political, political prisoners. Yeah. Gets to their room and there's nothing there but Geist. Um, I tell you, that is one creepy dude, man. <laughs> uh, John Byrne and Klaus Johnson, if nothing else, succeed in making him the creepiest guy. I swear. Um, with an Inspector Gadget arm. I swear. <laughs> when, mm-hmm. he wh- when he whipped out the little uh, razor blade on there, I was like, no. <laughs> Last issue. <laughs> See the claw from Inspector Gadget? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, is he, in fact, a cyborg? Uh, like Donald uh, Pleasance or um, Donald Pierce. Pierce. Donald Pierce. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> you know, is he a cyborg? And in, in, is that what we're learning that he can replace his hand? That you know, this is all interchangeable stuff. We do find that out later uh, okay. in a couple of issues. Yes. Yeah. Not not the origin of it, but yeah. Um, Wolverine um, does some slicing and dicing. <laughs> Well, he would be very creepy. I had to look him up because I thought he looked pretty gaunt or thin. Mm-hmm. And, you know, according to Marvel Wikia, it does say that he's his character is supposed to be six foot tall, but only 118 pounds. So he would be very creepy looking. Yeah. Yeah. So we get a bit of a battle here. Uh, or not, a, not even a battle. I mean, she's good against the scientists, but uh, once she gets up there, she's got... Geist, the next page on 976 there. She's ready to go and then there it goes. So the power fades away uh, and you turn around and there's Tiger Shark. And I gotta say that's an impressive panel to me too. That really is menacing, don't you guys think? Or what do you think about that? The one where she turns around and Tiger Shark is right there. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he is quite large, especially compared to her. Um... You could imagine her, to, you know, not expecting it, turning around and seeing, you know, <laughs> this menacing yeah, figure. Yeah, she's trapped. She, yep. she fell into the trap, and now there's danger ahead and danger behind, and her backup is all laying on the floor. So, yeah, yeah. she's in it now. This is exactly what Wolverine warned her about. Mm-hmm. And, and then I, she uh, she doesn't give up though. I mean, check her out and. Uh, he's coming at her, and she grabs her staff, and, man, right in the gut, that's got to hurt. I don't care how tough you are. Yeah, but but that was after he did the swing your arm out and just... Backhands her. Yeah, you know, gives her a blank slap, but with Mm -hmm. a closed fist, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and she's on the ground. I mean, that just tells you the power difference between the two of them, right? I mean, he's 
he doesn't try and actually punch her. He just slaps her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't think she's that much, really, without her power, right. which is, I guess he's figured out it's connected to the people around her somehow. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yeah. he, he knows what he's done. Yeah. On his way up there. Which, by the way, I did look up. So Geist is encased in a robotic exoskeleton, which keeps him alive. Okay, there we go. I love the little tangled mess they are on the bottom of when she runs <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah, that was a little Scooby-Doo-ish. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, it sure made Tiger Shark mad. Now he's going to torture her and pluck her legs off like a daddy long leg. Yeah. Spider, you know, kids do. <clears throat> So it was, yeah, a, it was a good it was a good move though. It's kind of almost like a judo move where she used his momentum against him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. She had an after being smacked like that because <laughs> right. I, I would have still been on the ground like. Oh. No kidding. I mean, you know that that's like a, <laughs> two seconds later, because um, he's just running after her and uh, she has enough to recover from that, grab her staff and flip him over and then run away. And like you, I'd be like. I'd still be seeing birds around my head. Just finish me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm done. Finish me. Exactly. So then we cut away. We're back to uh, the the rooftop there. We've got um, El Presidente Caridad and the team up there uh, right underneath the roof with a rough house. Man, he's looking pretty rough there. (laughs) Yes. Almost looks like Clayface. Uh, Sister Salvation, who in this guy's here, she reminds me of Mother Mayhem from Brother Blood in the Teen Titan, the new Teen Titans. Um, I know she's not evil, but I mean, just that look was just like, oh my gosh, that's Mother Mayhem all over again. <laughs> um, and she's going to um, use her power. Now, we never really figured out if she was a mutant or not, did we? Oh, I she... don't think there's any question. Yeah. She is a um, mutant healer. Did she show up in anything else ever? Do we know? No. no. Uh, first appearance was in Wolverine number 18. And then her last appearance was in Uncanny X-Men number 2 uh, in January of 2016. That's when she died. Oh, wow. Okay. So she was around for a while. She was just... around for a lot longer than La Bandera. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Uh, it says she kept her powers after the decimation of the mutant population, and years later she was killed by the Dark Raiders during their crusade against mutant healers. Oh, okay. Mm. All right. Well, that's sad. <laughs> uh, yeah, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> there's not good endings for a lot of these characters in this book. <laughs> no, there's not. Oh, hey, uh, we're, g- we're going to do you a favor. We're going to introduce you in Wolverine by John Byrne. Yeah, no. that's not. And good. if you survive. <laughs> it might not be for long. I got a question for you guys. Rough House, who's looking pretty bad with these bumps and, and boils or sores or whatever you want to call them. He's recoiling from, what's her name, Sister Salvation. Salvation. So, sister, from her touch. Did you get any sort of a sense of a connection between the two or that it was recognition? Because they keep talking about how she's being blackmailed by El Presidente to see her son. Did anybody guess that Rough House was her son? 
I th- I thought he might be because I hadn't read the first the, the two issues prior, and Roughhouse was introduced uh, before he got transmuted into this, and he was like like some big thug uh, or big. They yeah, I don't. I don't think we have enough information to go on. I mean, we we do. We don't ever see the sun. Yeah, we uh, do. We do. Later, not in this issue, but we do mm. in the rest of the story. Okay, but no, I didn't. I didn't think he was. I thought he was recoiling because I mean he's been experimented on endlessly here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure he has no idea what you know what she's going to do. Right. Well, let me take it down another lane. Then, did anybody? Th- think that perhaps El Bandera was going to be related to Sister Salvation. I didn't think about her uh, being related. I thought that Roughhouse might have been turned right. out to be that, well, I'm fulfilling my promise. You are seeing your son. It is your son. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's uh, what I thought. So, But it didn't go that way. Okay. No, nope. Kirk, you're so dark. No, I was just looking for connection. <laughs> yeah, man, I hear you. you know? Not everything has to be connected, okay? <laughs> oh. It's like yeah. it's like the Batman books, right? It's like, does everybody have to be connected to Bruce Wayne in some way? Oh my gosh. Yep. He's my cousin. Uh, yeah. you know, long lost twin brother. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, then we get over, uh, we turn the page, and uh, Tiger Shark is back. Uh, thinking he, oh, uh, searching for La Vendera, sees this big cloud, steam cloud of shadowy figure within there, and he thinks he's got La Vendera cornered, and dun, dun, dun. nope, just looks that way. Uh, there's Wolverine with La Vendera. Uh, Wolverine has freed himself from, <laughs> from the coral reef. And he's ready to kick some butt because even he said he's kind of a berserker himself from being too long underwater. Yeah, I like I love that panel on the bottom left where he's like, my prey. Or I should say the panel above that. He's like, my prey. And he kind of has menacing look on his face. And then you you hear the schnicked or it's, it's, <laughs> it says snicked. You know, uh-huh. nope, just looks that way. And his face is just like, what, 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 what? Uh-huh. <laughs> Almost like as if he ended up with uh, the claws, like, and, and I'm sure in his belly or something. See, and that's what I'm glad that's you said. What that. I wondered. I thought that too, but then you, the next panel, right? I mean, he's not. You know, the, the claws aren't bloody. Well, there's only so much they can show, but I, I went there too. I thought he got it in the belly, and then uh, Wolverine is is doing a left, right, left, right combination with the claws out. So he's mm-hmm. definitely getting slashed. Yes. Whether it started in that panel or on the next page, uh, this is payback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's not looking worse for, or the best for wear on the next page. But uh, I like I like the, the, the six-panel recap. While he's beating yes. the heck out of Tiger Shark, he's also remembering how he got out of it. So a great way to, to tell that story for me. I like that. That and layout. Environmentalist boycotted this book because look at the destruction Wolverine did to that coral reef. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I didn't know what he was doing to the coral reef at first. I mean, I when he kept, like, don't think about it, you know, just fight, and then he fade, we fade out on him. I didn't know what he was attempting to do. But this pays off. He explains. Yeah. So. When the coral reefs are rocking, don't come a-knocking. Yeah. Right. <laughs> 
And then we get this great three quarters of a page or two thirds of a page panel of Tiger Shark going over the edge. I I do like that picture, you know, this this three quarter panel. But I have a couple issues. One is Wolverine's claw is out, and we're led to believe that he uppercutted Tiger Shark, right? Mm -hmm. And so wouldn't that have had his claws going straight up through through his his face, yeah, yeah, (laughs) through his skull? Um, And then we talked about it in our previous episode that we were surprised to see blood on his costume when uh, Wolverine had stabbed him in the previous issue to save La Bandera, and we have this vicious. You know, as as uh, Kirk said, one-two punch combinations from Wolverine mm-hmm. or slashes, and no blood to be found anywhere. Mm-hmm. That guy should be a bloody mess. Tiger Shark should be a bloody mess. Well, first of all, Wolverine should have like punched his head off and had it sticking to his claw. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if they if they had put his claws in and he punched, I'd be okay with that. But the fact that we can see the slash marks and his costume is like shredded. Um, mm-hmm. He should be a bloody mess as he gets punched over the railing. The high point of the victim can only be estimated from the partial remains. The torso has been severed in mid-thorax. There are no major organs remaining. May I have a glass of water, please? Right arm has been severed above the elbow with massive tissue loss in the upper musculature. Well, this is not a boat accident. It wasn't any propeller, it wasn't any coral reef, and it wasn't Jack the Ripper. It was a But that would probably be a now comic versus 1990. Yeah, we're still under the code here, aren't we? Yes. Yeah, I see it on the cover. So uh, maybe somebody uh, dialed it back, maybe editorial said uh, uh guys um, yeah you know some old lady in cincinnati wrote to us about wolverine number 19 yeah the blood let, let the kids fill in the blood on themselves here we'll, we'll sell it with a red marking pen yeah <laughs> <laughs> that won't bleed through the pages um yeah uh and then on the next page we get the classic three panel layout type thing that a lot of people hate and they call it cheating where it's the same layout basically with minor changes to move the story along, but um, I'm I'm okay with that. What do you guys think? I like them when they're done. Yeah, I don't have an issue with this one either. I know what you're talking about, where there so much of the panel is static. But what mm-hmm. I I liked here is that um, we've got Geist walking in the doorway, and he changes in each of the panels. Right, he's coming in, then he's looking to the left, and then he's, you know you know, looking at the monitor, freaking out. And the two research scientists, her head is down. Oblivious. Yeah, they're oblivious. Yeah, well, yeah. (laughs) I mean, mean, he's only six foot and 118 pounds wearing a cybernetic exoskeleton. I mean, but their heads Mm -hmm. move in each of the panels, too. So this this is not as egregious as some of them were, you know, like their faces don't even move or their mouths don't move. Yeah. They move, and everybody is moving. The background is static, but everybody else is moving in some way. I know, I know the one that I've seen that people hate the most is that that sequence of panels in the She-Hulk graphic novel where Reed told her that she can't change back to Jen Walters, and it was like four layers just like this of her sitting there, and then the bottom layer, she's like, okay, what's the bad news? You know, um, <laughs> to me, I thought, you know, I... 
I think I think he doesn't use it all the time, and when he does, he does it for a specific purpose, and I think it's effective when he does. Yeah, uh, and, I agree and that, with that. Yeah, and that one was really an effective use that She-Hulk example because it gave you the it definitely gave you the impression that she was thinking about it. Right. There's that dramatic pause. It was all that stuff that went in there, and, and then she's just like, "Yeah, okay, I don't care. <laughs> uh, I like being She-Hulk." Yeah, it was a fundamental change of the character and the status quo. And mm-hmm. so it was like a four-beat be, uh, before it paid off, four-beat yeah. four rest. Yeah. So if we turn the page, then we get to see what shocked Geist so much, because he does have a shocked look on his face there. It's like, what? Um uh, and there's, uh, I guess he's probably pretty shocked that Wolverine was back and El ben, or La Bandera was still alive after right. start going after her. So I can imagine that he was probably like, oh man, our gooses are cooked if we're not careful here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, what are you guys thinking here? Um, uh, I, I, sorry, I lost my train of thought for a second. No, it's fine. We're, we're reintroduced to El Presidente trying to, um, you know, manipu- yeah, manipulate Sister Salvation, his ex-wife, more. You know, and she's mm-hmm. pleading, let me see my son. And he's saying, well, only after you fix Rough House. And uh, he's looking even worse now. Um, yeah, he is. Although I, I would still uh, like to see... You know, some more detail, uh, but again, maybe it's, it, it was because of the code. But you know, we're we're supposed to use our mind's eye to believe that all these bumps and things we're seeing—they're like lesions and open wounds, right? Like he's supposed to be in like a really bad state. Mm-hmm. Um, and Wolverine, of course, comes in and comes to the rescue, pushes El Presidente over, which he makes mention of it earlier that because. Um, he w- he went down so far into the ocean, his eardrums actually popped, so he can't hear anything. Uh, yeah, <laughs> anybody's saying, uh, and so that's what he tells him because he you know is like don't bother saying anything to me as he pushes him out of the way. You know I can't hear, and and uh, we see him breaking the the shackles that are holding uh, Roughhouse to the wall, and then the next page is him carrying him out. Mm-hmm. The, the panel of Roughhouse over there in the middle on the left reminds me of that kid from uh, oh, the King of the Hill cartoon. Oh. <laughs> like Bobby? Yeah, Bobby. That's really who Roughhouse is. He's Bobby. <laughs> A grown-up grown up. Bobby. <laughs> Should have went into propane. <laughs> yeah. So the story's... Uh, Moving along, we get we've got the uh, the negotiations. Geist is ready to do the old. Um, as soon as they get up here, we're gonna. Um, I don't care if the president's. Geist definitely has his own agenda. Uh, agenda. agenda. Mm-hmm. The president Caridad uh, is uh, a means to an end for him, so he doesn't. It's disposable. He doesn't care what happens here, really. I think. What do you, is that kind of the impression you guys are getting? Yeah, he just looks. I, that's what I got. That he just looks at this as like another failed dictator. You know, mm. he got what he needed out of it, and he's he's going to be leaving soon. Yeah, <laughs> I like him clipping on his dark gun. Yeah, that's that's part of his suit. <laughs> <He> can, 
<laughs> Inspector Gadget. <laughs> he does Uh-oh. look very lanky though, and very thin. Uh-huh. Even yeah. his arms like little toothpick arms. <laughs> yeah. Well, the so Lavender is nearby, and the political prisoners get that dose of inspiration, and time to make a break. And uh, that's just enough what they need to uh, distract everybody so that Wolverine can get everyone to the helicopter. And there they are. And then we have this bottom panel where you've got all these guys hanging on to the rails of the helicopter, except for one poor schlub <laughs> who fell. You can only imagine that he didn't land on the top of the, the building there. And he just kind of went all the way down to the street <laughs> below. Do you see him there underneath the guy's arm? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Too bad. So much for that one. <laughs> yeah. Splat. Uh, yeah. Uh, and now the rest of them are still hanging on over the ocean. Uh, <laughs> those poor guys. <laughs> this is not going to be good. <laughs> um well, they're overloaded because there's too many people. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's my, as I look at it, uh, from the time that they take off, they fly out over the water. And my impression is that those four guys or three guys that are left wind up dropping off yeah. into the water. But although they don't show that, um, well, we no, never next, see them again. No, next page, they're gone. They're not on the rails anymore. <laughs> so, yeah, they did fall off. Well, yes, they are. <laughs> Here it is. It's at the top of the next page when Tiger Shark is uh, attacking. Mm-hmm. There, a couple of them are on their way off. There they go. Yeah. Well, we assume they landed in the ocean. They were able to swim away before the sharks got them. But yeah. Well, and even Wolverine says that you know it's good they're they're chomping on Tiger Shark. Right. Mm-hmm. So they won't be paying attention to those other guys. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that was kind of weird, that little scene there. Like, all of a sudden, all of these sharks showed up. Um, well, because they, he sliced him up. Yep. He's supposed to have red on his costume. He's supposed yeah, to be bleeding, true. but we never yeah. see that. Yep, and just, if he'd been swimming through the ocean to get out there, uh, then he's probably had enough time to attack all the sharks. But Right. Yep. And then there's the typical, <laughs> the classic, you see all the bubbles there in just the one hand sinking into the ocean. <laughs> I'll be back. Right. <laughs> uh, soon you'll see. And then we have the epi- basic epilogue. Uh, Rough House is pretty much somewhat healed up. Yep. Uh, Sister Salvation is uh, still longing for her son. And then um, Wolverine still can't hear. Oh, it's, it's starting to come back. So that's a good right. thing. Well, I was thinking that she was going to stroke his his ears and his his hearing was going to kick kick in because of his mutant you know hearing ability. But they're playing this both sides of the coin here. Does she have the ability, or are these all miracles? Everybody keeps saying again and again and again, these are miracles. Well, we shouldn't be too soon, yep. too quick to discount them. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of tying in with the the theme of this particular issue. Yeah, well, she even acknowledges, I have a gift. Perhaps we shouldn't be too swift to label anything a miracle. And I think you're led to believe she knows that it's not, you know, directly coming from God. You know, that she's doing something. 
you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and she says, you know, until we know the sacrifice involved. And that ends the Acts of Vengeance tie-in, quote-unquote. Um, Kirk, or um, David, sorry, I have a question for you. Yes. So, as the um, purveyor of a shop, what are your thoughts about these huge, giant, company-wide tie-in slant events? Um, I know you were just a kid when these first came out. This was probably um, really, I imagine, Kirk, don't you think this was the first Marvel company-wide event? Um no, he had Secret Wars. No, there were a couple others, yeah. including the Mutant Massacre. Oh, right. Uh, You're right. Mutant Massacre. So this, was, this was just an evolution of that concept. Well, Mutant Massacre was just uh, a title. It was X-Factor and X-Men and New Mutants, I think. So, yeah. Daredevil and Thor. They, they were all not intricately <laughs> involved, but it was oh, the first. Okay. The, the okay. Simonsons had the story. And, and pitched it, and then other people decided, oh, I can play into that. Now, whether they were told to play into it or whether they volunteered, the inference that I got from the publicity was that the other creators liked what the Simonsons were doing, and they said, oh, can I have my hero come down into the sewers too and and <laughs> uh, you know and do something? And so it kind of grew like topsy, but uh, okay. the the stories were not integral but there was much more of a crossover or an involvement in the same event going on, at least initially. Yeah. Yeah. uh, To answer your question, John, I think that there's, there's a small group of people that, you know, like in these, in this, in this case, the acts of vengeance, what Marvel was trying to do was boost sales, right? By, well, if you want to get the complete story, you know, you, you got to read everything with an acts of vengeance label on it. Because it's it's tied into the story, mm-hmm. um, so you get people that wouldn't normally pick up Wolverine that will pick it up because it's got that little banner on it. Uh, as it as it sits today, I think people have grown very weary of events, especially events that derail all of the books, which is usually what happens. Right, you get um, like I'll give a recent example. So uh, uh, Venom by Donny Cates has been a really great series, and he's been writing it since issue one. We found out last week that issue 36 will be his last issue, and most of us in the comic community are scratching our heads because one of uh, the things that Cates had stated early on when he was announced that he was going to be writing Venom was that he had a plan in place for 100 issues. He wanted to tell this this grand story, um, but he's leaving the book at 36. <laughs> That's so, three years. Yeah, so we don't really know what's going on there. But uh, he was telling a story, and then the uh, event that had been building in the uh, Thor book and some Avengers stuff uh, was... Uh, what the heck was it called? Um, Foisted up on him? <laughs> what was it? I'm trying to blank now. Oh, War of the Realms. War of the Realms. And Venom got pulled into War of the Realms, as well as a whole bunch of other books. So you've got this story moving along at a great pace, and then all of a sudden, like, you've got these two issues that aren't written by Donny Cates. I mean, they're fine, but 
they don't have anything really to do with the story that was being told. And it was like issues 14 and 15 or something like that. So it's right like as a new arc was starting. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it was really weird. And that's where I think people get turned off because it's, it's one thing to say, okay, we're going to have this event take place and it's going to impact these certain, certain books. Like DC has been a little better about that where they'll say, okay, it's, it's only in the Superman books, right? Or it's only in the Batman related titles. And so it doesn't impact these other ones. And so they can keep telling their story. But Marvel still does it from time to time. And, and like I said, I think some people get really turned off by that. I know for me personally, I was, you know, uh, eagerly anticipating my next issue of Venom. And then it was like, oh, that's right. It's going to be War of the Realm. So my story that I was reading, I don't get to, to read for two months, mm-hmm. you know, or come back to it for two months. So I, I think there's a right way that it can be done where you isolate it to, you know, a certain group of books. And there's a wrong way where it's just blanket applied to everything. And it kind of seems like if, you know, who knows, with Acts of Vengeance, if he got told, you know, all of the books must participate. But I think he integrated it well enough that it was minor enough that it could bear the label on the corner. But it didn't interrupt the story that he was already telling. Uh Maybe he got foisted with Tiger Shark, but he's like, okay, I can make this work. And um, I think it integrated pretty well with what was already going on, um, whether it was a big, bigger part of the Acts of Vengeance. I don't think so, but what do you guys think? Yeah, right right or wrong, editorial can take the blame, you know, when there's a misstep, but they also get the praise when they do something right. You know, so I think, you know, maybe in this case, you know, they, they, they weren't, as rigid, uh, you know, with the the edicts that they were giving to, you know, the writers and, and artists, uh, you know, and, and were not as heavy handed, you know, uh, outside of just, okay, you got to incorporate a little bit, you know, into your book. And like you said, John, it's, it's there, but if you weren't reading any, any other acts of vengeance, you know, related books, uh, you could just keep on going with your Wolverine and it's fine. You know, you, you know, maybe it sparked some interest. Even if it didn't, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Your story kept moving along. Yeah, I agree. Good stuff. So no. again, for for uh, so for Kirk, uh, you know, uh, what did you think of this one as in comparison to nineteen? Do you think this was a, the better book of the two? Yes. Um, I they didn't hit you over the head with the. Central American uh, tropes, number one. And number two, we got more of a Donnybrook between Wolverine and and, uh, Tiger Shark, and it comes to an end. It comes to a conclusion. Now, there's a lot of players at the end as a helicopter takes off, and I got a little confused there, but uh, I think I like the second one a little better than the first. Um, But then the story goes on. We don't know about the ex-CIA agent. We don't know about the cocaine or why it gives superhero powers. And that, that starts to pay off in, in the next subsequent issues that we're not going to cover here. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, for a, for a middle chapter and an ongoing arc of seven issues or so, you know, this works well enough as a two-issue um, story on its own. Whether it's a tie-in for Acts of Vengeance, I would argue no, that, that, that there is no tie-in. We got one page 
of one of the characters in, from Acts of Vengeance uh, in sort of a veiled reference. And so I would erase that little cover dress in the <laughs> upper right-hand corner and take it off from these or take a pair of scissors and just snip it right off because I don't believe it's a tie-in. I don't believe it's a crossover for sure. But a tie-in, unless somebody can tell me how this ties into a bigger picture or another story in Acts of Vengeance, um, I'm, I would say no. This is not part of it, or it's not what I would define as um, an essential piece. Okay. David, what do you think overall? Yeah, I would agree with everything that, that Kirk said. Um, you know, as opposed to issue 19, the art was much better in this one, a lot crisper. Um, I thought the colors were better as well. Uh, you know, and you've got the same creative teams. So I, don't, I don't know what happened between you know, issue 19 and 20, um, but it was a much better drawn book, uh, much more the style that I like and I think we all like. Uh, you know, does it pass my, my smell test, right, for what I would I highly recommend this book? Um, or would I recommend this to someone? I would say a weak yes. And, and only because I said no for 19, I think this <laughs> book is a lot more enjoyable as a just a standalone read you know mm-hmm. you get you get kind of everything you need um within the first couple pages you're kind of up to speed as to what's going on and it's mostly just a, a battle book you know there, if this was a movie it'd be more like an action the action movie scene right where everybody's kind of come to a head i agree with you i think um i think this is a much better book of the two and uh, if I had to recommend one or the other, I would say just go with this. And I would recommend issue 20 and say, oh, yeah, and by the way, before this starts, Wolverine battled Tiger Shark and he got sucked out through um, a water tube into the o- open ocean. There you go. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, it's a, I think it's a, I agree with you both on your comments on this. It's a... Uh, it's a much better issue, and yeah, to Kirk's point, yeah, okay, so so Tiger Shark said it's an act of vengeance, and there was one panel where we got to see the four villains, so that, that's that's about it, <laughs> uh, which is fine, which I guess it crossed, it, it made the mark for editorial right. uh, to count, so uh, that works, but yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see because I think for most of us, our, our memory is not that good about all these acts of vengeance issues. It'll be interesting to see which ones, as as we go through our super mega crossover podcasting event, um, <laughs> hopefully everyone will listen to as many as they can. But I'm kind of curious how other books fare in terms of yeah. their import, importance to the story. You know, and, and as I think as we've said the whole time here, that do you need it? Probably not. You know, if somebody just told you, yep, Tiger Shark got sent to take out uh, La Mandera, Wolverine got in the way, um, that was it. That was his tie-in to Acts of Vengeance. And he didn't get his vengeance, so it was really just like an act. (laughs) Act of... (laughs) Act of failure. Act of getting eaten by sharks. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So shouldn't he be dead? I mean, does, does he have a healing factor, too? Kirk, like, could he survive a shark, (laughs) massive shark frenzy? 
Well, apparently, yes, since they, they keep bringing him <laughs> back. But I don't recall them ever stating healing factor per se. Um, you know, they're, they're not going to kill off a, a, a repeating villain or a successful villain. Right. Uh, they'll, they'll, you know, they'll, the next time he shows up, it's like, boy, except for that uh, Contiki, uh, uh, you know, boat that came by that saved me from those uh, sharks, I would have been gone. Or, you know, they'll, yeah. they'll write something, <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, an amazing rescue that, that kept him away from him. Or he had to punch three of them on the nose before the others got the message. Right. Uh, you know, who knows? So. <laughs> or, or he suddenly developed Aquaman, I can talk to sharks powers. Could be. Could be. Or they suddenly recognized that I was one of them. Yeah, knows. there you go. So. Oh, that's good stuff. All right, then. Well, anything else about this, guys, before we uh, sign out? I don't we think need so. feedback. We, we do. people to tell us why we're wrong. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. and there's no shortage of that in the comic community. So yeah, where, can, where, get, where can they find us, Kirk? Facebook page for Third Degree Burn is a great place uh, so that the public can hear your comments and read your comments. And you can also write directly to the show here by going, Gotta Get Burned at gmail.com and And, i'm sure that brian would appreciate those emails yes please do because brian's very very lonely and sometimes that's the only way he gets interaction because his wife locks him up in his cave and uh doesn't let him talk to people sometimes (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) for only one email a week you can save these podcasters yeah and you can keep um Brian from typing on his typewriter. All work and no play makes Brian a <laughs> dull boy. A dull boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's locked away in Texas. Well, we All have right, Brian then. in Texas, and we have uh, Tim over in Las Vegas. Uh, David, you're up in Minnesota. Yep. Uh, in San Diego for, for John, and I'm in southeast Ohio here. So we've got a lot of corners of the country covered, so to speak. But, uh, again, if, if you, uh, you like our books that we've presented, we'd like to hear that. If you like uh, what, Tim, what Tim and Brian have been presenting, uh, and we have not heard their presentations, nor have they heard ours, tell us if you feel their, their theme or their storyline that they're pursuing is stronger or better. Are we off base when we say that this really isn't necessary, or does it fit into the whole gestalt of this, uh, this multi crossover event that we're doing on podcasting we'd like to know oh yeah this is a fun thing to do too great way to great way to cover acts of vengeance isn't it pulling in a whole bunch of different podcasts and covering things a lot of fun fun way to do it so enjoy all those uh episodes everyone and uh well then how about we um we close out for now sounds like a plan all righty um for third degree burn i'm john hyatt Say goodnight, or goodbye, <laughs> David. Good night. <laughs> since I'm Kirk Greenfield. Thanks for listening. Yep, since it's not nice time. <laughs> it is nighttime here. Oh, so it is. Yeah. Well, it's almost nighttime for Kirk, too. Yeah. Good night, everybody. Yeah. Goodbye, everyone. Good night. Where's that blasted salami? I can smell it. Ah, all it needs is slicing. Thanks for listening. You can find us and many other great shows at 22freaks.com. 
That's T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S.com. Third Degree Burn is spelled with the number three, R-D-D-E-G-R-E-E-B-Y-R-N-E, and is part of the Tutu Freaks network of shows. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just look for Third Degree Burn, spelled with the number three, and burn spelled B-Y-R-N-E. Compliments, complaints, and recipes can be sent to gotta get burned at gmail.com that's g-o-t-t-a g-e-t-b-y-r-n-e-d at gmail.com drop us a line and tell us how we're doing till next time this has been third degree burn some men aren't looking for anything logical like money they can't be bought bullied reasoned or negotiated with some men just want to watch the world